0: to the Movies Past and Present podcast. It is February 15th, 2021. This is episode 63. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just on my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters this week is Judas and the Black Messiah. This is a drama from Warner Brothers. And it is a really interesting film. I watched it on HBO Max because it's a Warner Brothers movie. You know, it's both. These, these films are getting released both in movie theaters and, you know, we're available and on HBO Max the same day. Um, so this film is uh, a historical drama based on uh, true events and, and actual people. It's set in 1968, and it's, it's about the uh, Black Panther Party. And specifically about uh, Fred Hampton, who was their youthful and uh, very uh, charismatic leader. He was only 21. Uh, at the time, uh, that all this, all this stuff, uh, went down and, um, it's, it's really the story of, of, of two guys is, you know, about Fred Hampton and then, um, about, uh, one of his colleagues in the, in, in, the Black Panther party named William O'Neill, uh, who actually was an undercover agent for the, uh, for the FBI. He was um, William O'Neill was was facing a, a prison sentence, and he was offered a deal by the FBI to infiltrate the Black Panthers, and then provide the intel on them, um, and so he he chose to take the deal rather than going to prison. So uh, you get a really interesting look clearly about the relationship between these two. These two men and other people in their lives, uh, as well, that are involved with the Black Panther Party, um, but a but a really interesting look into into the the, the young life of of, uh, of Fred Hampton. Uh, you know his, his the, the the press materials are interesting. They talk in that they talk about Fred Fred Hampton's impact that, that continues to reverberate. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quote it here. Uh, the government saw the black Panthers as a militant threat to the status quo and sold the lie to a frightened public in a time of growing civil unrest. But the perception of the Panthers was not reality in inner cities across America. They were providing free breakfast for children, legal services, medical clinics, and research into sickle cell anemia and political education. And it was quote-unquote Chairman Fred in Chicago who, recognizing the power of multicultural unity for a common cause, created the Rainbow Coalition, joining forces with other oppressed peoples in the city to fight for equality and political empowerment, uh, end quote. Um, This film is directed by Shaka King. And uh, if you've never heard of Shaka King, neither had I. Um, it's because he's making his studio feature film directorial debut with with this film. Uh, uh, Fred Hampton is played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and then uh, William O'Neill, who's uh, you know the um, undercover agent, is played by Lakeith Stanfield. And um, they're very good. The supporting cast is good. Martin Sheen shows up. He, play, he plays J. Edgar Hoover. And um, he's chilling. And It actually um, kind of nightmare. <laughs> chilling, the way that he's made up and the way they filmed him. Um, but uh, I, I thought Judas and the Black Messiah was, was, was an excellent film. Um, it's rated R by the Motion Picture Association for violence and uh, pervasive language. Um. Again, not a surprise there, considering considering the subject matter, but uh, but uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was 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 definitely a a uh, thought provoking and a, a, and interesting movie going uh, or you know movie watching experience I guess <laughs> for me since I watched it on my couch. Uh, in theaters too. Again, as I say every time, check. Check your local listings for for comeback classics. Uh, I some of the comeback classics over the last week or so have been uh, the Notebook. You know, for for uh, Valentine's Day, I read that Hidden Figures, that really great film about uh, about the black women that, that worked for NASA uh, during the space race that, that is, that that's, uh, that's playing in theaters. And, um, uh, anyway, so, so yeah, check, check your local listings and, and, uh, take advantage of any of these comeback classics that look that, uh, you know, you, you might enjoy again, if you're willing to mask up and, and go to the theater. So as I mentioned, uh, probably a couple episodes ago, uh, my one of my movie watching projects this year is to watch all fifty films that are listed in, in a really cool viewing guide uh, that's been created by Turner Classic Movies. It's called uh, Must See Musicals, and and so there are fifty musicals that that are that are included in this book. So I'm just trying to watch, you know, one a week. Uh, the, the films are listed in in chronological order, so in a way, it's it's, it's a bit of a film history class. And uh, you know, these these are really for me. This is a really they're they're fun things to do. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that uh, I've learned so far, and uh, maybe make a recommendation uh, or two. So these films that that, that these you know uh, that are in the guide these first these first few films of course they're very old films you know they they're the first really talking motion pictures uh that that were made when when sound became a, a deal in hollywood and so the, the the first one on the list was from 1929 and uh, and th- these films that they picked to, you know, the, yeah, the, in the, the they put put in the guide have all been f- for, from now from nineteen twenty nine to nineteen thirty three. So four years of of films. One thing to mention about this time period, uh, you know, a- a- as you probably know. So thanks for thanks for indulging me here. But uh, it's an area that's it's a, it's a time period that's often referred to as as a pre-code and um, so it was you know basically like a four-year period in the American film industry um, when you know with starting with the adoption of sound in films, which was you know 1929 um, into the enforcement of what was known as the motion picture production code which which was implemented in nineteen thirty four this this motion picture production code was basically um uh, you know for lack of a better word censorship <laughs> guidelines uh or you know maybe maybe a better way to say it, it could be decency <laughs> guidelines uh it was also no, n- referred to as the Hayes code uh re- which um referring to um a man by the name of Will Hayes, who was recruited by the studios to help them clean up this, um, the, this, you know, kind of scandalous, um, approach that they were, that they were taking to films. So all these musicals that they, that have been on the list, uh, so far have been, you know, pre-code musicals. And so, um, just to just to kind of give you a description, uh these these precode films, whether they were musicals or not, uh, you know, because there were there were plenty of, of dramas and comedies too, but they um they depicted or implied um a lot of sexual innuendo, uh interracial relationships, you know, which is again you know scandalous for the time. Um mild profanity. Uh, you know, it hasn't been a lot, but, you know, there's some. Um, illegal drug use, yes. Promiscuity, um, yes, definitely <laughs> plenty of that. Uh, prostitution, infidelity, abortion, intense violence, uh, some homosexuality. And really a really interesting element about these pre films too, is that, like, the bad characters, okay? It's so, like, you know, the villains and the... the the characters that are up to no good um, often are seen to profit from their deeds without really any kind of repercussions. And so, you know, that's that's an interesting thing to see. Um, This wasn't as much in these musicals. It's really prevalent in, like, gangster films and and whatnot. Um, Also, these films highlight really strong female characters. And... Um again and they, they, they examine a lot of interesting female subject matters in these films that they really don't get revisited until decades later um you know in other in other US films kind of like you know 50s, 60s and beyond and beyond. But um, these these pre code films are really <laughs> really something. Turner Classic Movies does a really good job just on their network. If you're if you're if you're ever watching it and you see film, you know these films that are dated between 1929 and 1934. Um, you know if you ever, ever want to check them out, kind of that it might be it might be worth your time. But but specifically back to the task of of, of these musicals, um, the uh, the ones that they picked were uh overall you know again interesting i i feel like i felt like it was you know a bit of a of a, this was the film school moment so maybe not as entertaining as you might think a musical would be but still interesting to see the evolution the very first film they recommended you know in the guide was uh one called the Broadway Melody. It's made by MGM in nineteen twenty nine. Now of course we know MGM becomes the powerhouse in musicals and there's gonna be a lot of those coming up in the year of the you know in these fifty films listed in the guide. But uh but it it, it kind of starts with the whimper. <laughs> the the this this Broadway melody movie is um actually a pretty a pretty a pretty dreadful film. But I like what the, what the book's author, his name is Richard Berrios, and he's a, tri- is a terrific writer uh, in this film guide. Um, he's saying that, that really, though, this requires perspective. Um, difficult as it may be, try to imagine how all of this looked. So meaning, you know, the, the singing and dancing and stuff going on on the screen in these early musicals. Uh, how it looked to an audience who had never before seen a musical. This is where and how musicals got their start. So, I've, t- I've tried to keep that in mind, even though some of these have been a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a struggle. Uh, probably my favorite of these films. I'll put a link in the podcast notes to my blog. You can you can see this list of films. Uh, I you know I've been, again been watching one a week, so uh, you can kind of see the see the count there, but. Um, there was one from nineteen twenty nine called "The Love Parade." It's probably the only one that I would really recommend um, of these ones that I've that, that I've 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 watched. Um, with the exception, I will get to this other one in just a sec. But uh, this film was the uh, was the was the feature film debut of Jeanette Mac, Jeanette McDonald, who became a big musical star of the of the era and Marie Chevalier who you know who's from France uh, these two are so charming in this movie uh it's it's a great Battle of the sexes um of course loaded with with pre-code stuff pre-code innuendo and whatnot that you kind of can't believe but uh it it, uh, it's the one film of of these of these pre code musicals that really stood out to me. Um, it uh, um you know just just again to quote uh it was you know it's an elegant film it's a body film as in b a w d y um, made before made before the uh, the production code but uh, just to see. Uh, Marie Chevalier and Jeanette McDonald, um, and then and then they just benefit so much from the director. The director is Ernst Lubitsch, and he uh, he was a a great silent film director who was able to transition into sound films, and he they, he's got a thing they refer to as the Lubitsch touch, and it's uh, it's this really elusive style of comedy. That that is just so. Uh, again, it's just you know, elegant is a good word for it. It's light on its feet. It doesn't just hit you over the head. Um, again, you can't believe they're getting they get away with some of this this uh, innuendo that they've got <laughs> in their dialogue and in these songs. But uh, it's also so fun to see again just Jeanette McDonald and Maurice Chevalier early on in their careers. Um, the great chemistry that they have, and just the great talent they have. Janet McDonald doesn't necessarily have my favorite singing voice, but when you see her, you know you can kind of forgive it and 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 uh, lose yourself in the, in the performance and just in, in, the, in just the 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 fun and delight of of the film. So the trick, though, is and I, you know again, I'm kind of hesitant to even recommend seeing the Love Parade, um, just because it was hard to find. That's the other challenge I've had with these with these pre code movies, is that they've they've been hard to find. I I found a DVD of it that was that was part of a collection from the Criterion Collection. Um, I will put a link to it in the podcast notes on the blog. Uh, uh, but it was it was it was a series of, of Lubitsch musicals, and uh, anyway, I was glad I found it. I'm actually excited to watch some of these other Lubitsch musicals that were in this set when when I when I get some time. The other film that I just want to bring up was the most recent one I watched. It was last week's entry, and it's probably one you all heard of. It's Forty Second Street, and Forty Second Street was made in nineteen. 19- Thirty-three, and it's uh, it's from Warner Brothers. Again, pre-code. It is more of a of a dramedy, uh, I guess. To uh, you know, for lack of a better classification. So, but you know, music musical, but more emphasis on drama than comedy. It stars Ruby Keeler and Ginger Rogers. Uh, but really ruby keeler is 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 the main is the main star of the show dick powell is also is also in it but it's one of these uh, and you know i think and it, it got turned into a broadway musical uh, i can't remember when that exactly happened i've never seen it i've only seen this film version this is actually the second time i've seen it i've I, i've wa- i've seen it before on on turner classic movies and again watching it again as part of the uh, 50 musicals quest this year but the interesting thing about about 42nd Street is that it, it's considered a musical but the music numbers do not start until the until the final third of the film it it's set you know it's it's about a Broadway show that that they're all that they're trying that's getting created and getting ready to, to go on to Broadway but they're you know rehearsing. And then doing the out of town tryout, like, you know, a lot of, you know, most Broadway shows do before they open up on the Gray Railway. And it, uh, um, uh, so, so there's a lot of, you know, I mean, there's, there's singing and dancing and stuff going on, but it's, you're just seeing a rehearsal. And so this, all the numbers are incomplete. And then you finally get to see the kind of the quote unquote finish number in the final third. Um, the film itself was, uh, Directed by uh, Lloyd Bacon, but the name to note in this film is 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 Busby Berkeley, and he uh, directed the film's musical numbers again. That big chunk in the final third of the film, and you just can't believe these musical numbers. You know, Busby Berkeley is famous for uh, filming these or, or you know creating these numbers that have a lot of dancers in them. And, and uh, he uses a lot of in- interesting camera angles. Often he films like from the top. So so you're looking down on these dancers' heads. And they often form these interesting shapes and you know almost like a kaleidoscope. So there's a lot of that going on. They're just very elaborate. And they go on and on. And, and, and you, can, you almost can't believe what you're seeing cuz they're just so so unique and so interesting. So that was probably the most redeeming thing about about 42nd Street. One other thing just to note and this is not on the list, but also in 1933, Lloyd Bacon, the same director as of 42nd Street, directed a movie called Footlight Parade. And it stars uh, a very young James Cagney and also a Joan Blondell. Is in it, um, and Ruby Keeler is back in it too, but um, no Ginger Rogers, which is a bummer, but um, it uh ha- follows this very similar uh structure in that the mu- it's it's about you know, it's about the creation of 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 uh musical numbers. I won't go into great detail about the plot in case you want to watch it, but. Same thing though. The final, the the real musical numbers do not start until the final third. They were directed by Busby Berkeley, and and you can't believe them. They're just they're just absolutely bonkers. Um, this particular one, they've got these dancers on all these different levels, and then there's a big water uh, portion to it, uh, as in like swimming pool kind of thing. You know, synchronized swimming, and and the camera filming above uh, you know the water and below the water and. Again, overhead and all these all these different angles and all this stuff is going on and all these fountains and all this stuff and 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 uh, it's really it's really a sight to behold. If I were to compare or have to choose between Footlight Parade and Forty Second Street, I'd choose Footlight Parade. Forty um, Second Street well, it was it was a lot easier to find. I um, speaking of HBO Max, Turner Classic Movies has a has a section on HBO Max. You know because they're run by the same parent company and. And so there's a lot of classic films that you can just watch on HBO Max if you're a if you're a subscriber. You know you can check out the the Turner Classic Movies section. So that's where I watched it. But um, anyway, uh, I'll continue with the musical quest. I think it's going to be getting. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I think it will continue to still be educational. It's going to be getting into a lot of uh, films that I'm just more familiar with. Um, particularly with, there's a couple of films starring Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers that I'm really excited to watch again, and, uh, you know, and then we're going to get, we'll get into like the golden age of, of the MGM musical from the 40s and the 50s, and that's just going to be, you know, just kind of delight every week for, <laughs> for weeks <laughs> going through, through the uh, s- spring and early summer, so I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited about that. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at MoviesPassandPresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at MoviesPAP, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present, Thanks again for listening and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.